What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules. A person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome back to God Be Crazy. Today on the podcast, Christy and I are talking about trying to figure out who we are, like our direction and our path and our purpose. I Mm -hmm. hear all the time as a therapist, people asking like, I'm just trying to figure out what my purpose is or what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And I hear this from all ages throughout the entire lifespan, every age group, every um demographic yeah it's it's doesn't ever it's a question everybody asks who's human what am i supposed to be doing here what am i doing with my life which direction should i take which career path should i follow um what am i good at what am i not good at um asking who am i and who i should be is a, is a question that we're going to unpack today but ultimately um, we should be asking that not just of ourselves. We're conditioned in our world anyway to ask, what do I want? What am right. I good at? What would, what would please me? And where we're focusing today is asking those questions of God who made you. Yeah. You know, it is, it is God who created us. It is God who fashions all of us with a purpose. And we're put on the earth for specific times. And it's our job to discern what that what that is going to look like. We it's a combination of God's will for our lives and what He put us here for, and also our a combination of our choices. We have so many choices, and those choices, every single choice matters and puts right. us on a different path. Mm-hmm. And He didn't always lead us on a path that uses all of our natural gifts and abilities. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, he he does the exact opposite and puts us on a path that doesn't seem to make any logical sense so that we can't take credit for the things that he does through us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like just like Gideon um, in Judges 7, he, he gets this army together of, I think, like 32,000 mm-hmm. men. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too many people. (laughs) He's like, I can't accomplish a victory with this many people because y'all are going to take credit for it. And so sometimes, so what he ended up doing throughout the course of that story, it's in Judges 7 if you want to look it up and read it, um, is that he dwindles down that army to 300. And he says, I'm going to give you the victory with these 300 men so that you can't take credit for it. Right. There are times when specifically God calls us to a path that doesn't play to our strengths, but it plays to our weaknesses so that 
everyone, no one on the earth would say, oh, that person is so amazing. Of course, the victory, of course, they were successful. Right. He's, he, that is exactly in the character of God that his strength covers our weakness. And so whenever he asks us to do something, he fashions us weak in certain areas and said, now go do that. You know, Moses is a great example of that too. Moses did not have great speech, yeah. I believe. It was either Moses or Aaron. I can't remember. I think it was Moses. One. Okay. Yeah. But he said, well, I'm not very eloquent. And he's like, excellent. I'm going to ask you to speak. Yes. <laughs> he's funny like that. He, he puts us in roles that we absolutely are, are not prepared for. Mm-hmm. And he does that on purpose so that he can shine through. And people can look and go, uh, yeah, there's no way, just like Gideon and the, his crew. They ended up, they started with 32,000 men. In the end, there were 300 men that got to fight in this mm-hmm. battle. Mm-hmm. And God used 300 men to defeat thousands. And he used it that way for that specific reason, just like you said, so that no one else could boast of their own strength and power, but so that they could go, wow. That must have been divine intervention. Yeah, I was just reminded of this too. Um, in Acts, whenever the apostles were had the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them and they were speaking wise things, there were people that were declaring, oh, surely these men are, are gifted because they're just ordinary. In Acts 4, in verse 8, it says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he starts to, to talk about the Christ and talk about and explain how they're able to heal. They were questioning them about how they were able to heal. And he said, this is the power of Jesus Christ. And he was mm-hmm. so eloquent and with his speech. And then in verse 13, it says, when they saw, when the crowd saw the courage or some, some say boldness of mm-hmm. Peter and John, it was perceived and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary, untrained, uneducated men. And everyone was astonished. They knew it. They had, these men had to be walking with Jesus. These men had to have experienced God in some way because they couldn't do it on their own power. Exactly. And another key point to remember whenever you're trying to discern God's direction or um, his purpose for your life is to remember that you got to stay in your own lane. You're not, we're not Mm -hmm. to be looking to, to the left or the right to see what everybody else is doing, because we are called to be different than everybody else in our culture. We're called to to be on a different path, and our path shouldn't look like what everybody else is doing. Um, and it it often isn't. It's it's often set apart. Um, so the Israelites tried to do that, and it got them into a lot of trouble yeah, whenever they wanted to be like everybody else. It's a great example for us. God, what do you uniquely, if you're on this journey, which I mean, I think we're on it throughout our life, actually, if, if, if you are living a life that is intentionally devoted to God, a true disciple trying to live out God's plans for your life, then you should be asking this in some way. It should be the meditation of your heart mm-hmm. throughout your life, throughout your entire lifespan. And so when you're asking that, I mean, one of the things that I realize is everybody else and what they're doing is not going to be the thing that I'm called to. I want to ask, what did you uniquely put me here for? And the Israelites found out the hard way that... As is often the case. 
when we choose to do things or ask for things to be done the way we want them and we mm-hmm. aren't seeking his direction. But yeah, go ahead. Tell us about that. Israelites. Yeah. So this was in this story is in first Samuel eight, um, where the Israelites are looking around and everybody else has a human king and they have a, a God. <laughs> they have a God that is not in human flesh. We know right. Jesus comes later, but he's not here yet. And they want to be like every other country. They ask God for a human king so they can be like every other country. They're like, hey, look, they they have a king. This king does this for them and does that for them. And um, he warned them, it is not going to be good for you. Well, first he told them, y'all have a king. I'm your king. <coughs> yeah. Am I not? Am I not good enough? <laughs> They're like, no, we want a human. We want everybody else has these things. So we want it. And he said, all right, well, if you do that, and I'm paraphrasing, um, but if you do that, that king is going to expect you to give money and land. He's going to expect you to give um, animals. A, animals, a percentage of what you have. You're going to have to give that over to the country and to the kingdom and it's not going to go well for you. You're going to be enslaved, some of you. Like, it's not going to be, you know, fun and games. It's not going to be what you think it's going to be. Because no. isn't it like us in our human nature to look over at what our neighbor has or what someone else has and think, oh, they must have it better than me. The grass <laughs> is always greener, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so they begged and God warned them and they went back and forth about that. And God eventually said, all right, I'm going to give this to you. But whenever this happens, it is not going to go well. And um, And I'm not going to hear you whine. uh Like, don't come whining to me when this doesn't go the way you planned. Mm -hmm. Which leads us to um, a really important lesson that we can learn before we have to do the suffering of it. Learned it on the front end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God gives us what we want. But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily what his plan A was or it's what what he wanted for us. Sometimes he agrees to do what we ask, even if it is not necessarily going to have a wonderful outcome. Yep. Sometimes God will um, give you the desires of the heart, even if that is not in line with what he purposes for your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because we have free will and we can make our own choices. We don't have to do what he tells us to do. I don't have to do what you tell me to do and vice versa. Like Mm -hmm. we are able to make our own choices. It doesn't mean it's a wise choice. It doesn't mean that it won't come with devastating consequences or, and sometimes it comes with you know, what feels like wonderful outcomes in the beginning. I know it can feel great when you get what you want in the beginning. Whenever he gave him a king, I'm sure they were like, yay, we got a king like everybody else. And shortly thereafter, it was like, oh, okay, there's some problems here. You know, so it also points out that if we're seeking first to serve ourselves and the pleasure that we derive from getting our ego served or met, um, it is this, the same as rejecting God's will for our life. You can't chase after your dream to the detriment of what God wants and also say, I want your will. You know, my prayer for myself, and it's a hard prayer to pray because, you know, it does come with answers I don't like, but it's, 
God align my heart with yours. Like if you want me to do something, I'll do it. Um, be patient with me because I may not like it. I mean, even this podcast, just to be frank, like, yeah. this is not what I wanted to do. Same. <laughs> we weren't interested. It's really not. Like, before doing this podcast, I didn't even listen to podcasts. Like, when that word yeah. came down, we looked at each other. You told me, and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even listen to podcasts, friend. And you were like, yeah, I know. I don't either. And but, yeah. I didn't even know how to find one. <laughs> We were like, so I guess if we are supposed to do a podcast, we should probably start listening to them, you know, and you didn't even do that. I didn't. I did. I was like, well, I don't even, I don't, God, this is, this is not, this is not what I had planned for my life at this moment. And he was like, well, let's, let's get about it anyway. And that's another example of this is not necessarily my strength. But whenever record gets pressed, it it works itself out. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through us. It's Mm -hmm. not us and of our own right, but this is his and he ordained it. And because of that, he uses it to reach who he will reach. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the best we can ask for in our lives, you know. Um, In Proverbs, there's several Proverbs that talk about man's plans and God's plans. Mm -hmm. And I think we should touch on a few of them. One is Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Absolutely. And Proverbs is actually just absolutely chock full of tons of the exact same thing like proverbs 16 this repeats on multiple verses proverbs 16 9 a man's heart plans his way but the lord directs his steps and um then proverbs 20 24 a man's steps are of the lord how then can a man understand his own way so it's essential when you're trying to discern your own way to be consulting with the Lord about that and asking for him to lead you. Well, in Proverbs 37 sums that up. Um, 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. You know, we have free will and we get to choose. But ultimately, if we are maturing believers and growing in our faith, what we are wanting to do is to seek the will of God. And the only way for us to fall in line with the will of God is to surrender our lives fully to him. And by doing that, then we sometimes have to set aside the things that our hearts desire or that we think are going to happen in our lives and for our lives. Because what Our plans are, are not necessarily the best plans for us, or even the things that God has ordained for us. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Exactly. I think, you know, the, the potter and the clay, 
from Jeremiah 18. And I just want to read this because the words straight from the scripture are more powerful than anything I could paraphrase. So this is Jeremiah 18, uh, starting in verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah talking, obviously. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in my hand, in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, and then, uh, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time... I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted. If it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I intended to do for it. And so he's saying, does um, you, you as the clay don't say to the potter who made it, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to be. He's right. saying, ultimately, I'm going to decide whose kingdom is uprooted and whose kingdom is built and established and planted. And I think that that speaks, he's speaking to the kingdom of Israel, but I think it's a, a, a lesson to us as well to say, I, and he said this all throughout Proverbs as well, is that I'm going to decide who gets my favor. I'm going to decide who will be dashed under my feet. I'm going to make these choices and you don't get to decide all of it. That, yes, he gives us free will, mm-hmm. and he lets us choose, but he also is a sovereign God who makes decisions based on what he deems to be And best. what he already knows. That's the yeah, beauty of having true. God at the forefront of the controls is because he sees the whole picture, and we don't. Mm-hmm. Um One thing I want to just throw out there is some people get a lot of chances in life. Like, I know me, I'm so grateful that (laughs) that God has given me a lot of chances. I I don't deserve it and I'm not worthy of it, but I'm so grateful that I have because so many times I have wanted to live my life the way I wanted to. And I have gone about doing things that were not in line with the will of God. And God in his graciousness has drawn me back to him every time and allowed me to come back to him. But something that we need to to be aware of is that not everyone gets all of those chances. I remember one time as a youth, I was sitting in a church service and a, mm-hmm. a visiting preacher had come in to preach and he was talking about how he was preaching in a place and somebody was driving by and the man oh, came no. into the service it was a, is a kind of young man not super old maybe in his late 20s or mm-hmm. something he come into the service and he sat down at the back of the pew and the evangelist or minister or whatever was already preaching and he made notice of him when he walked in and god kind of got a hold of him you know and so he went on preaching his message that he needed to preach and at the end of this service, the the preacher said, I gave an altar call, and I was prompted by the Lord to have everyone close their eyes and to ask if there was anyone there 
that didn't know the Lord. If they were, they could just slip their hand up real quick and put it right back down. And Mm -hmm. so he did that and people did that. And so then he asked, he told people they could, you know, open their eyes. And he asked if there was anyone that raised their hand Mm -hmm. to come forward and let people pray with them or to, to pray. And this man didn't move. And he said, you know, I, I was looking, a lot of people did come up to the altar, but this man didn't. But he Mm -hmm. was, he said, I could look at him and I could see his emotion on his face. Like I knew that God was talking to him and I could just see him. He's like, he had this, he had his hands on the back of the pew and he was just like what we call white knuckling it. He had a death grip on that pew in front of him. And like you, the preacher was like, you could see the wrestle of emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, like he was wrestling with whether he was going to go to the altar or not. Mm-hmm. And so the preacher, you know, asks again and he kind of draws it out. And eventually he realizes that the young man isn't going to come. So the service close, closes and the preacher runs to to meet the man and, you know, basically said, I saw, you know, that you had raised your hand and you know, you didn't come down for the invite. And I just want you to know that that's open. If you'd like to talk, if we, and the man basically said that he was just driving by and that he felt like he needed to come back to this church service. So, so he did, you know, and he, he was touched by the message, but that he wasn't, he didn't think he was ready to do, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to do that. And that he would, like to come back, you know, like to the service and the man's like, well, you can call me or, you know, get in touch or come back to church. It's, you know, the door's open to you and the Lord loves you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we want you to know that. And so the man left and he died in a car accident shortly after that. And when that uh, evangelist was telling that story, he was like, you know, it, it really touched my heart because I I pray that that man had that young man had an opportunity in his accident to to call out to God and to give his life to him mm-hmm. in that moment but God was calling him in that moment and giving him an opportunity and we don't know because we're not God but we don't know if he got another chance if he maybe he died instantly and didn't get another chance maybe he did have time to talk to God but we don't know and that's the craziest thing. God does what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He allows some people to have hundreds of chances while others only get a choice, mm-hmm. uh, only get one chance. But rest assured, we will all get a chance to make those choices. And we don't know God's timing, mm-hmm. but he has set times for people. Mm-hmm. He has set times for things. And the world works according to God's plan. Yep. We think we have time. Yeah. Always. Because we get used to every day that we wake up and we're still here and we have another day. We easily take that day for granted. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, like you said, God has set times for people. He already knows how many chances he's given me and how many years and days and all that's counted and measured. The same way that the... Hairs on your head are numbered, and he knows those. Mm-hmm. And so it is very important. As if you're listening to this today and you feel God tugging at you, for the person in their car may be weeping or feeling a stirring in, in, their, in their body or in their spirit, 
um, I would just ask you to to explore that out and cry out to God and ask him if you're feeling him tug at you, if you want to surrender, do that now. You don't know if you're going to make it to your destination. Mm-hmm. And and to cry out and say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you. I want you. Come into my life. Come into, I give you my life. I want my life and my purpose to be fashioned by your hands. And if you're in a place where you have are just confused about what to do with your life, what direction you should take with your life. Mm-hmm. Ask him because he he literally knit you together in your mother's womb. He set you in this world at this time with a purpose. You have a calling on your life. And I, don't take this the wrong way, but your mama may have lied to you. If, <laughs> if she told you you could be anything you want to be, I mean, I guess technically you could try that. But the truth is we should all strive to be what God wants us to be. And we are going to live the most fulfilled, blessed versions of our lives when we submit to God's will for our lives. And he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. Mm-hmm. He came here and as we talked about last episode in the in the life death and resurrection of Christ for with Easter, you know, he sacrificed his life for us and he is asking that we in this short time that we're here on earth that we give our life back to him for him to work in it. Mhm. Yep. We are all, we're all made by him and we honor him with the life that we live. And as you continue to search this out, I cannot implore, I cannot, I cannot speak this enough. And you're probably going to hear it. I hope you hear it on every, in every podcast in some kind of a way is that the word of God is powerful for shaping the direction of your life. Um, The Bible says, the word says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you don't have the word of God, if you're not reading the word of God and you're saying, well, I don't know what to do with my life and God doesn't speak to me in these ways. And if you don't have your Bible open, you're not giving him the opportunity to speak to you through the word he has given. The Bible is the most is the best-selling book of all time, and there's a reason for that. It provides wisdom and guidance, but more than that, it provides you with with a relationship with your Creator. And His words are powerful. In Hebrews four twelve through thirteen, mm-hmm. it says, "For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two edged uh, two edged sword." piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It is our responsibility to walk out what God has ordained for us to do. And if you are still wondering how to hear hear God's voice, fall on your face, pray to him to to open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart, show you his will for your life. Get in this word and Mm -hmm. ask God to teach you what he wants for your life 
through his word. And ask for, if it's confusing, ask for the Holy Spirit to give you um, the Holy Spirit to lead that study. Sometimes it can be Even if confusing. it's not confusing, ask for the Holy Spirit <laughs> well, to, that's lead true. <laughs> to lead the study because... <laughs> well, well played, friend. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because the path... I would never be able to read the scripture without the Spirit guiding me. Sometimes I have no idea what I'm doing. I just open it up, and there it falls where I need where I, He needs to speak to me. My favorite part about reading the scripture is I can read the same chapter in the same verse 13 times and get 13 different things from it because yeah. the Bible is the living Word of God. It is His way to speak to us. And the more we grow and mature in our faith and in our walk with Him— and read the scripture, the more he will show us, the more Mm -hmm. he will teach us, and the more that it will make sense. And we can hide the words of the Bible in our hearts. And that is how we fight the enemy. We need God's word in our life. We do. We do. And what what that Hebrews uh, 4 scripture says is this is this is the guidance he's giving us. He's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you want to know who you are, he is the keeper of all that. And for those that are guiding younger minds and hearts, you know, those that are, if you're a mentor, you're, a disciple, you're discipling younger people or those that are less mature in the faith, your mm-hmm. kids, um, a grandparent, anyone who is who's training up children or people that are younger, um, it is our job to guide them into who God wants them to be, yeah. to notice God-given traits that he put there and to fan the flame on those. Because you'll notice any anyone who has watched a child or children from birth, you can see that they have a nature about them that yes. is present from birth. I know I see that in my own kids. You see their their personality traits that are present literally in the first weeks of their life. I know for mine, I certainly did. And so we're supposed to to notice and nurture that. My mom, shout out to my mother in heaven. <laughs> my mom did a great, did a really great job with this. My mom would observe me growing up. And I remember from the time I was very small, a toddler, um, I remember probably age three or four, her reflecting things about me and speaking them over me. She's, she would tell me all the time when I was little, you're, you're like an old lady. You're an old woman in a little body. And then she would say like, do you notice that you do this or you say this differently than most people? Or are you aware, like you're really strong willed, but sometimes it's not for good things. (laughs) And she's like, we can just turn that will into something that, and that would be for good, you'd be fantastic. And I was like, it's totally true. I have a very strong will. And she would notice these things and and kind of shape me in that way. And my dad too, obviously, but my mom was the more vocal one, I would say. But we have both gifts and imperfections in our nature. And God uses it all for his glory and for his purposes. It is our responsibility to walk out what God has ordained for us, and it is essential that we seek His direction and wisdom for our lives. Mm -hmm. If we do that, I can assure you that even though this life is difficult, we will never have to face it alone. 
Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old-fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God. 